Liza Thornberry. That's who I'll be today. I'll be Liza Thornberry. If you know who Liza Thornberry is, come check me. Maybe you can get a free drink this weekend um, out of the bars because we're in phase three, which means you can go out and drink and sit down at the table and take the mask off. So, you know what? You know where Liza Thornberry is. If you can give me a quote from the show or imitate her brother perfectly, I will buy you a whole drink this weekend. Um, thank you guys for It is now another week since the last shit show I posted. One week ago. <laughs> and we've got some stuff to talk about. Uh, this show's going to be a little bit more on the personal level when it comes to my main topic that I'm discussing. But before we get to that, of course, like I always say, thank you for listening because without you, this is not possible. So if you're listening on any app, please rate, leave a comment, and share it. That's all I ask that you do. It's a free process. You don't even have to give me any money. Um, but we all know I love money. <laughs> Aside from that, you can also interact with the show via the social medias at Lifestyle Gay Black Boy. Or you can just do Lifestyle GBB and it'll come up on all social media platforms. Um, so you know, I may end up deleting my Facebook and we're going to get into that in a little bit of why I'm going to end up getting rid of my Facebook. Also, you can email me. Feel free to do that at lifestylegbb.gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy, at gmail.com. Um, feel free to reach out to me. I can keep you anonymous if you'd like. If you'd like to be anonymous, I can keep you so anonymous that people won't even know your name. Like, we don't know the name of the people who actually are behind and seeing some of the laws that are written in our country. Uh, political jab. Needed to make it. But I will definitely make sure to keep you anonymous if you want to be kept anonymous. Or if you want all the smoke brought to you or if you want to give smoke to somebody else. I'm even in for reading those. You know, if you happen to be a disgruntled ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, ex-non-binary individual of a different person, and maybe you want to read your no longer significant other, send me the letter. I'm all about the mess. Because you know what? I have the time today for it. So send it to me. Um, for this letter that's coming up, in honor of the fact that it is almost the month of July, you will be allowed seven curse words directed towards me. Once you hit that seventh time of saying, fuck you, bitch, I'm gonna stop reading. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll make it through most of it. But then after that, I'm just like, no, I can't go with this anymore. Even though the person who wrote a letter in a week ago to me, very creative use of the words, bitch, ass, fuck, and damn created new ways to curse me out and didn't even know about it so i truly thank you for that because that was an interesting read it was a real good one don't worry your um email is going to be read on the show not this show but in an upcoming episode it's going to be read because it was pretty damn good so let's get into it let's y'all let's get into it um okay so the first thing that we're going to talk about um and this is just going to be a little bit of just what's been in the media this past week 
first things, first things first. Um, the person who happens to be renting the right house right now has made multiple statements, not alone just this week, but ever since testing has become so big um, in the media about testing for coronavirus. We've heard multiple times, if you stop testing, there won't be any new infections. Well, technically, that is true numbers-wise. If you stop testing, then we won't see how many people are infected. But that doesn't stop more people from getting infected. Um, it's been reported by his uh, PR team and the people who get up there and do his briefings that it was just a joke, that he's just joking, he's just joking. There's always a little bit of truth in every joke. And then on top of that, we know he's not joking. We, we know it's not a joke. So I just want to point that out because, you know, it's been in the media, it's been in the news. It's probably on your timelines. But a far more interesting thing that I've seen appear on timelines throughout the socials and even on news network uh, websites, there are two women who are Donald Trump supporters and they happen to be black. Uh, they go by the names Diamond and Silk. Now, I've seen people posting, a couple people tag me, and they're like, you won't believe this fuckery. Look at these women up here saying they support Donald Trump, and they just look like idiots and sound like idiots. All right. So thank you for sending me those posts. Um, thank you for sharing them with me. But I'm going to ask y'all to please stop tagging me in them. I don't want to hear from these two women I don't want to see their post. I don't want to see the Hodge twins. If you're not familiar with the Hodge twins, two very, very, very good looking twins um, who are mixed black and white, I think. And I used to be avid followers of the Hodge twins when they focus on just comedy. But then it came out that they're Trump supporters and racist on top of that. So, of course, they got canceled in my book and I haven't listened to them in forever. But people keep sending in the clips like, oh, you won't believe what these two are saying and da-da-da. Trust me, y'all, I know who the Hodge twins are and I am thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed because they were hilarious. They were super hilarious, but now uh, they're just a disappointment to me. Um, but, so, the post that I keep getting about the women, Diamond and Silk, uh, they were at a few different Trump rallies and they, of course, got on stage screaming they support Donald Trump, they love Donald Trump and everything. Now, they got up there looking like clowns. And I'm not saying that they look like clowns because their eyebrows look like they're done with electrical tape. Um, I'm not saying that they look like clowns because it looks like their makeup is held to their face with peanut butter. I am not saying that they look like they're clowns because it looks like their hair is made from three-piece Halloween costume wigs that have been super glued together and then also added duct tape to hold them down to the scalp. I'm not going to make fun of them because of that. I'm not going to say that they look like clowns because of that. That's not it at all. They look like clowns because they are on stage supporting a man who's all about taking away the rights of women and black people. And then on top of that, you're black women. So it's a double whammy of the policies that are in place that are going to be working against you, even though you say you support this man. Now, I'm going to go on a little bit of rant here and a little bit of a tangent, but these women have been at multiple Donald Trump rallies. They think they were at this most recent one in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
And then it also came out in a post, which I don't know if it's been verified, but I'm just going to talk about the post that I saw, is that on Craigslist, there was an advertisement for black people or people to come down and be supporters of Donald Trump at his rally, and they must be animated and active, and they'll be paid $250 and then given Trump gear to wear and Trump signs to show. Now, I don't know how true this is. I don't know how true it is. I don't put it past the realm of it being true because outside of Donald Trump, I have seen these kinds of posts on different social medias, including Craigslist, to get people to come down and be supportive or at least to be visible when there's some kind of rally or video being done where it needs to be shown that people are there to support. So it's not uncalled. I'm sorry, it's not unheard of. So... It's not something that I completely dismiss, but who knows what it could be. The reason why I bring that up, though, is we probably all saw the video of a few black people. There was about two rows of black people at the Tulsa uh, rally that uh, individual one did. And these people, these black people, they were in the stands dancing with their phones. And oh my gosh, when I say I have never seen a group of black people dance so offbeat to something, and it was like the driest dance ever. Like, it was just so dry. It looked crazy. It was so dry, I was concerned that they needed a bottle of Gatorade. Like, it was that dry. Like, the movements that they were making, it was so dry, I was afraid that there was going to be a friction fire started from all the starch in their clothing crazy ill-fitting suits and then there were children who looked crazy up there but this is what is happening um i want to make it very clear that there are black people who support trump and i don't know why that you support trump if a black trump supporter i just want to know where your head's at i don't even want to attack you i don't want to come at you sideways i just want to know where's your head at And what is it that made you want to vote for this man who is so clearly against what can be supportive and helpful for black people? That's the only thing I want to know. I'm not going to attack you. I just want to know. So if you're a Trump supporter and you happen to be black and you happen to listen to this podcast, please write in to me. I would love to know what your thought process is to supporting this individual. But now back to the main point of why I brought up uh, Diamond and Silk. And I keep wanting to call them Cashmere and Gloss from The Hunger Games because it just seems like it fits them so much better to be Cashmere and Gloss, not Diamond and Silk. Um, Because one, diamonds are beautiful and they are just clear and a diamond doesn't really hide much. And Silk is just soft and so soothing on your skin. These two women... I just see a lot of convoluted mess that they're distributing and disseminating. And then on top of that, they're definitely not silk because they feel like $2 toilet paper, um, at least to my senses when I hear them. But uh, people keep posting because they're like, I can't believe this is a thing. This is a thing. This is a thing. There are black people out there who support Donald Trump for whatever reason. Um, These two, I think, used to have a YouTube channel, but then it got either... Uh, disbanded or like removed from the platform because they were spreading lies about COVID-19 and how it infects people. And they were taking some of the things that individual one in the White House has been saying, and they've been disseminating and pushing them on social media platforms. 
So, I mean, there's always a small victory there. They're not on the platform anymore. But they're still making money. They're still being out here just being the uh, individuals that they are. We'll say it in a very respectful way. Uh, The only two things that I can suggest for you, Diamond and Silk, is one, to get some Motions hair product. Uh, Motions... It's a great brand for hair products. Also, we can find some Black-owned businesses out there that do hair products for you because your hair just looks so crunchy. I just get the feeling if I run my fingers through it, it's going to sound like hay. I'll probably get a friction burn and a few paper cuts just trying to touch your hair. So I think that'll be beneficial to you. Another thing It is important to know how makeup and your eyebrows work because right now it just looks like you took some electrical tape, cut it to the thinnest strip you could, slapped that bitch on your forehead and was like, oh, bitch, my eyebrows are popping. These things are snatched for the gods. Now, that will probably prevent you from getting an electrical shock at that point in your face, which is also beneficial because once the police pull you over and use a taser on you, you don't want to have a really fucked up looking face as you get tased. Um, Cat and cashmere and gloss. (laughs) Diamond and silk, you are not immune to police brutality, which you so vehemently denies exist. Um, neither are you, Hodge twins. So I just want you to remember that because as you are people who have gone against the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests that are occurring for the deaths of Black people continuously in our country, just know you are not exempt from the pain, horror, and torture that can come your way that has come to the people that you're saying do not need to be defended. All right, we're going to move on to the next thing because I'm tired about talking about these two. That I want to talk about. Um, this is going to be about insecure, and this is actually going to lead us into our episode. So, if you haven't watched Insecure, Insecure is a show on HBO created by Issa Ray, and it is a fantastic show that follows the lead character Issa, who is a black woman, well, a black cisgendered woman in California who's going through a lot of what we all go through once we hit that 30 mark in our life. You know, you're trying to figure out, is this the career for you? Is this the job you want to be doing? Do you want to try to find a new job? My relationship isn't working out. I'm looking at my friends and where my friendships have been. These are long-lasting friendships for maybe high school, middle school, or even earlier. It's just taking the experience of being a young black adult in the world that we currently live in and applying it to a television show where you can relate to it and also see these different aspects of what's going on. Now, personally, I loved the finale of Insecure. Um, Spoiler alert here. I will make sure to say spoiler alert because if you haven't watched it, I don't want to ruin it for you. But the finale ends with Molly and Issa, who have been having problems this season, and they've been best friends for years, that have even been hinted at before the show has started. Uh, well, in the show, but before what we see is what it's been hinted at. It's how long and deep their friendship has been. And it's gotten to a place where they're both in that transitional period of their life. New jobs, new men, perspective romances, old flames coming back 
trying to figure out how to express themselves and take a romance seriously and all these things that we all go through at this point in our life. And it's affecting their friendship to the point that their friendship actually starts to fissure and then almost essentially ends. And that whole moment, just listening to, well, not even the whole moment, all of the shows and the moments that you see the interactions between Molly and Issa and their friendship and how it's deteriorating, but technically in my head, not deteriorating, just issues that haven't been brought to the surface are finally being brought to the surface. It's beautiful to see and it's also hard to watch at the same time because it's something that's so, so relatable. So relatable. Um, and then also it ends with Issa getting back with her original boyfriend from the beginning of the series, Lawrence, who I just love. Um, Jay Ellis, you are so handsome, so beautiful. If you ever want to take the dirt road one of these days you just come and contact me baby i'm shooting my shot i will sign a prenup i'll do everything i will leave with what i came with i just want to be in around you <laughs> that's it so it's so good to watch so good to see um just because if you think about us in our everyday life and our friendships we have our friends who are like, damn, she taking that nigga back already? Or wasn't this person detrimental to you? Why do you keep going back? Or you must love fucking drama because you keep getting into this shit. Those moments and those thoughts that we have in our heads with our friends sometimes that we never say out loud get said out loud in the show. Um, and then they get experienced and acted out and you're like, whoa, I didn't expect this to hit so deep. It's like a Care Bear giving you a hug that you didn't ask for, but you had no idea that you needed. So as soon as those arms wrap around you and you get into that soft, smushy belly of a Care Bear and start crying, you're like, where the fuck did these tears come from? Just listen, they've been there this whole time, but you just didn't know how to open up because you weren't called out and called to the carpet about them. Um, and that's what this season really did for me. So that's going to lead me into the topic of today. And the topic of today, this is going to be about knowing when a friendship has ended, knowing when a friendship has gone to the pace of repair or beyond repair for you in the space that you were in. So I bring this up because I am, I am in that space in my life where... I am looking at my friendships, and friendships, some of them I have to say in air quotes, because or where I'm at in my life. Now, I don't think you should go into a friendship looking for what you can gain out of the friendship, monetary-wise, intellectually-wise, status-wise, none of that. I don't think that that should be the thing that factors of friendship for you. Most friendships start in some of the most awkward places. Work. Uh, maybe you had problems with each other in the beginning, but then all of a sudden you talk or maybe you end up fighting it out and you're like, wait, you're a really cool person. I don't know why we had all this disagreement in the beginning. Or a friendship can just start out the blue. Maybe you just sit down in the coffee shop and you look at the person next to you and you're just like, you know what? I like your Pikachu shirt. It's beautiful. Awesome. 
And then a friendship kind of just blossoms from there. Friendships are relationships that we create, that we build, that we support, that grow, flourish, crumble, die, get buried, recycled, and then all these things happen. You're not obligated to be in their life. They're not a family member of yours. They're not maybe someone you're forced to be around or someone you're forced to work with. These are connections that we optionally choose to continue and keep and foster because we enjoy them. So at this point in my life, I've gotten to the point where I'm looking at friendships, relationships, acquaintances, and what is this doing in my life? Is it beneficial? Is it negative? Where is it at and how is it helping me? cleaning of your emotions in your internal life when you analyze yourself and your friendships. It is like you have gone into your closet, took out the Roomba, let the Roomba go around and pick up the things that are inconsequential to you maybe, and then you go and grab that Mr. Clean magic eraser and you're like, well, you know what? This stain has been in this spot for four years. How about I just start scrubbing this bitch out with some elbow grease and it's not that hard to do. That's what happens when you start reevaluating, go through and do that spring cleaning of your life and your friendships. And I suggest that everybody does it. It's actually very beneficial to look at and analyze and reevaluate the things and people who are in your life on a constant basis. When we don't reevaluate things, when we don't look at them, you know what happens? We end up getting on national TV and saying that we can stop the pandemic by not testing. And you know what also happens? That's when you look at it and you're like, you know what? I thought it was a great idea to get in a pair of stilettos and try to dance on the edge of my bathtub like I'm Beyonce to partition. And then the next thing you know, you're on the floor of your bathtub, probably with soap in your mouth. And if you're in my scenario, you probably end up spilling a bottle of shampoo directly into your eyes. Now that just gets compounded to six different problems and one scenario that you do not want to explain to paramedics when they arrive to your apartment. Don't judge me if you figured out that this is partially a true story. (laughs) So I'm going to get into a little bit of this when it comes to the spring cleaning for our relationships with our friends, family members, and everybody. We're going to take a little quick break first, though. I am going to do a deep breathing exercise that involves a little bit of the devil's lettuce. So let me do that and I will be back. And you know what? We're going to have a little chat. All right, y'all. Hey, I am back. And let's get into this. Let's talk about this. Um, So in the Black community, um, a lot of times, at least in my life and a lot of people's lives that I have been welcomed into, friends, family members, and more. In the community, a lot of the times when it comes to your family, you're taught that no matter what your family has been through, you need to stay there with your family. No matter what has been said or done or happened throughout your childhood, family life as an adult and everything, you're supposed to be there. Honor your mother and father, don't leave their side, and make sure that you forgive them no matter what. Um, 
and you're probably wondering why I'm starting off here, but sometimes those familial relationships, the blood bond, those can be some of the hardest relationships for us to evaluate, to look at objectively, and then at some times and some points walk away from, because you have to walk away sometimes. You truly do. When I look at family relationships, um, being in a family that is Black and me as an openly gay man that is not supported by my family for being gay, I had to take a step back for myself and look at it and say, hey, is this really the space that I want to be in and is this really healthy for me? Now, I say this and I say it this way. I know that my parents love me. I know that my siblings love me. So that has never been a question in my head. But I had to look at myself and say, what is this relationship doing for me? Is it mutually beneficial? Is it one-sided? Is it parasitic? Am I losing all the time from this relationship? Or am I mutually gaining and are we all getting to a better space of love and to the next level together? looking at that, it can be hard because that means you have to look at your family, the people that you're genetically dispositioned to love, you have to look at them objectively. You have to look at them like those people over there, not the people who have the title mother, father, brother, sister, niece, uncle, nephew, aunt, all these different things. You have to look at it and you have to objectively say, is this for me or is this going to go against me? Um, and it can be hard. It cannot, it can be a very hard thing to do. With that, make sure that you're making the choice that is beneficial to you. If this is going to be something that's going to help you thrive in your life, sometimes you got to end that relationship. If it's going to be something that's going to be getting you to that place of serenity, that inner peace, that inner calmness that maybe you've been looking for forever. You may have to do it. It's not that you want to hurt the other individual by leaving. It's that you want to make sure that you're having the ability to be the best you. And with family, that can be hard. Sometimes you have to have that really hard conversation with your family and say, hey, I understand that you were doing what you thought was best, that you were trying to create the best life for me, but your attempts to do that damaged me. They hurt me and they left severe, deep, long-lasting scars. It's okay to say that to your family. Now, the girls might start crying, maybe mom and dad might start crying, like, oh no, we didn't this to happen. And that's understandable, it's a reaction. I can't tell you what to do as far as accepting apology or rating how genuine your family is if that occurs. You have to take that on for yourself and understand for yourself if this is something that you would accept to be genuine. And if it's not, then you've got your answer of what you're going to do next. With all that being said, the point of it when it comes to family is it's going to be hard. But don't forget, even though you're a part of a family, you are still an individual who deserves to have the love and surrounding that you want around you. Um, I probably just talked in a circle there. Don't even know if that makes sense. And then when it comes to friendships, friendships, and this is where I'm at in my life,
friendships, it can be a little more complicated because this was not a chosen, I'm sorry, this was not a predetermined relationship. This was a chosen relationship. And sometimes things can get intertwined and they can get very messy when it comes to friendships. Now for me, I am in this phase of my life where I'm ending a friendship. And this friendship for me is ending because it's no longer something that I can turn a blind eye to and say that I'm okay with because this friendship has only been detrimental to me. And we're going to say this friendship is with chicken. Now, chicken is not bad. You know, chicken is good. Over rice, chicken is amazing. With beans? Oh my gosh, amazing. Baked chicken with baked broccoli and baked potatoes. Oh my God, I would kick a small child in the face for that any day of this week because it's delicious. But I mean, who wants to have chicken every day? After a while, chicken gets bland. After a while, chicken is no longer good for you because it's full of salt or sodium, which means it's going to raise your blood pressure. It's also got fats in it, which aren't that healthy for you. And it's pumped full of antibiotics, which is honestly messing up the fauna inside of your body. Um, so chicken, yeah, it can be a great on the taste buds. But once you start to break down what chicken actually is doing to your body, it's not really that good. And then the process that chicken goes through to become the chicken that we pick up at the supermarket, I would not want to eat anything that goes through that. The torture and just unsanitary conditions that create the chicken that we're eating. So sometimes you got to look at a friendship that way, that this friendship is chicken. Now, this friendship that I'm referencing for the case study that we're having here today has only created detriment in my life. It's created money lost, bills, having a gun pointed in my face when I'm waking up in my apartment that is now full of police officers who have essentially tried to break down the door. Um, multiple times getting pulled over by the police, multiple negativity things brought towards me because of the actions of the other individual in the friendship. Um, I'm trying to find the positives. There were some laughs. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't really find the positives in this friendship. And I had to sit back and I had to do diagram. Um, if you're not familiar with what a Venn diagram is, it can help you plan out some of the positive and negatives in a situation. Um, you can also do a pros and cons diagram, or you can also do like a circle diagram where you do two or three circles and parts of these circles can interlap with each other because those are things that relate. And then some things don't relate. So those are just individually in their own respective circles. But I broke this friendship down, and I did it in multiple graphs, but probably the most powerful one was a pros and cons graph that I did. And when I did the pros and cons graph, the cons, which are the negatives, greatly outweighed the pros. It was like, so pros is a little kid, let's say four years old, just learning how to box, which was like, uh, SpongeBob boxing set. I don't even know if there's a SpongeBob boxing set, but if there is, please tell me because I want it. 
but they've got their SpongeBob boxing gloves on, and you know, when they hit their opponent, it makes SpongeBob's laugh, like, ha ha ha, I don't know how SpongeBob laughs, but it laughs every time you punch. Imagine that child being put in the ring with Floyd Mayweather, and he has on a pair of boxing gloves that are made of concrete. Those are the cons. If you're not familiar with who Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather is, just look him up on YouTube and watch his boxing videos. The man talks a lot of trash, but he can back it up and he will literally beat the ass off of the ass of the ass that he was trying to beat. <laughs> like, he will punch you out of your own soul. That's what this man can do to you. I'm pretty sure if you get punched by him, not only do you see your life flash before your eyes, but you see the lives of your great, 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 great nieces flash before your eyes. Where you're like, damn, so that's what the year 3032 is going to be? Yeah. So imagine a little kid with the pros, Floyd Mayweather with a pair of concrete boxing gloves was the cons. That's how greatly that they outweighed each other. There was no... My pros list was almost empty. There were two things on the pros list. One was great laughs. The other was great pictures. The cons were just a list of just problems and problematic events and problematic issues that have occurred over and over and over in this friendship. And even after being discussed and talked about, they have not yet once changed. So at this point in my life, I had to look at myself and say, well, what am I holding on to? What am I holding on to? Why am I holding on to this friendship when it's literally been nothing but bad for me? And then for the other side, when I looked at it, for the other individual in this friendship, all I've offered is good. Pancakes. I've given pancakes. Um, these were very good pancakes delicious pancakes. On top of that, these pancakes were damn near filled with gold. Um, let's talk about that. And then all the other things, monetary-wise, emotionally-wise, just being there and providing all these good things that just never could have been reciprocated, even though I wasn't looking for reciprocation. But, you know, at some point in your life, you're at least looking to get something back of what you put in, not even the monetary, but just one of those, hey, you know what? I see that you did this. I see that you took a bullet for me in this friendship. I'm here to help you in the same form. And uh, you never, it, it never happened. It never occurred. So for me, I decided to take a step back to take a step back and say, hey, this is not for me. I can't be a part of this and I can't get drawn back into this because all that's going to be produced is drama and detriment to me and I don't handle that well. And you know, one of the great places that helped me learn that was therapy. Therapy helped me put that limit on my life to say, you are not allowed to come in here and fuck shit up just because you want to fuck shit up. You know, it's like going to a restaurant and walking in without any shirts on, without any shorts on, with no shoes, with no socks, and just in your underwear that you probably haven't changed for at least seven weeks. Can you truly expect to get service from the people at that restaurant? 
do you really expect people at that restaurant to want to keep sitting at a table with you? It just does not make any sense. Or even one of my bigger pet peeves, which if you're planning on shooting your shot with me, make sure that you listen to this. It's like going to a restaurant and at the restaurant, you're like, hey, this is delicious. You may want to try this because I've been here and I know your taste buds and I think you'll like it. But then you sit there and you constantly keep trying to take food off of the other person's plate. Huge pet peeve of mine. I hate it. If you wanted it, you should have ordered it. Unless I'm offering you a taste test, don't bring that rinky-dink fork over here and try to take something off my plate. We're going to have a whole issue. You will probably get a whole lemonade thrown at you in that restaurant. Just because. Now, the friendship isn't going to end because of that. Once we get back in the car and be like, hey... So I'm sorry, I get a little bit hangry, and I saw that you were going after that real good piece of lobster that I was sitting aside to eat with the butter and the rice at the end of the meal. That was going to be my last bite. So I'm sorry that your actions led me to taking it out on you. (laughs) That is a true Libra apology. (laughs) But that's what this friendship was to me. And I had to let it go. Now, the part of letting it go that was the hardest is, you know, I wanted to go back and say, hey, uh, let's talk about this. Let's repair this. But knowing that I've been that individual who's gone through and tried to repair and repair and repair and repair and repair, and it said sorry so many times for things that weren't even my responsibility or things that I had no way to add to or take away in the situation, I had to check myself and say, am I literally going to keep saying I'm sorry when I have yet to even hear, hey, I apologize for fucking shit up for you? No. And then on top of that, I have to keep the same energy. I have to keep the same energy that I have for other people. It is not fair for me to all of a sudden change my energy up to excuse behaviors that I would have never excused for somebody else in my everyday life. And these are behaviors that are not simple like, hey, I took your last vanilla popsicle or I ate the last scoop of peanut butter in the jar and then put it back in the cabinet. And as roommates, you're not supposed to do that. You should really say, hey, I ate the last of it. Let me replace it. No, these things were like humongously detrimental. So at this point, I have to keep that same energy because I have excluded people from my life from doing the exact same actions that this individual did. Look at myself. This is that part where coming into age of being 30 going on, well, 31 going on to 32 now, where I'm like, hey, um, AJ, you're being a hypocrite. You're being a massive hypocrite. You have literally shunned people from your space for doing the same actions that this individual has told you that they have done. Not okay. It's not okay. When we keep that same energy, that not only helps establish a baseline for our own lives, but then also guarantees that we don't allow that negative energy to come in and destroy what we've built. If that makes sense. Um, You know, now, rule for my podcast, because that individual that I'm referring to, that I'm ending the friendship with, is not here. Their name does not get said. Um, And, you know, I've said that for every guest who comes on the show. If they're not here, we do not say their name. 
So I'm just going to leave it there if any of you are wondering, like, well, who is this? Who is this? You're not going to find them on my social. You're not going to find them in any pictures with me. I've made sure to wipe all of that clean. Uh, so with all of that being said, a huge tangent that I just went off on, I had to sever ties. And when I say sever ties, I sever ties to the point that I am no longer talking to this individual. It just does not make sense. And sometimes you have to do that in your life. You know, think about going to a bad job every day. When you go to a bad job every day, a job that's literally making you question waking up in the morning to go to this job, something may need to change, whether it's what's happening at the job or being at that job altogether. You know, we all have those moments where you have to give yourself the pep talk to get up for work. You know, work is at eight in the morning, so it's seven o'clock and your alarm goes off and you're like, okay, come on, AJ, get up, get in the shower, get ready. You're standing at the sink, you start brushing your teeth and you're like, okay, I can make it through this. That's one thing. And then there's the side where you wake up and you're literally and physically shaking or maybe you're crying or you just feel this immense feeling of dread to going to work. That's when it's an unhealthy work environment. If you feel that way when you see that person's name pop up on your phone or maybe on your timeline or maybe you get a text message or a message and immediately you have that feeling of dread, that's a whole nother scenario than just being like, okay, I just don't feel like dealing with this bitch today because we have an issue. Listen to what your body's saying to you because sometimes not saying anything can be worse than saying something to yourself, but sometimes it can be better to just cut ties altogether and walk away. Sometimes you just have to walk away. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, you see people out here in these fights, squaring up with each other, like, oh, I'm ready to fight you. Oh my gosh, let's get it popping. And then that person who was talking all that cash shit ends up on the ground looking like they had a whole seizure because they got slapped in the face. Look, sometimes you can end up in that space when you don't walk away. And from this situation, I had to walk away. I had to pick up my little Birkin bag, throw a cup of Snickers inside of it, throw a jar of peanut butter and a good bottle of Simply Lemonade and put that bitch in the crease of my arm and just walk away. Sometimes you have to do that. Walking away can be far more beneficial to you than trying to address the situation with someone who's not going to acknowledge the things that have happened. And then also, it gives you peace. When you walk away from a situation, especially a friendship that has been years in the making, it's going to be the first thing on your mind for a while. This is going to be the first thing on your mind when you wake up. It's going to be the last thing on your mind when you go to sleep because you're going to be wondering maybe how this person's doing or what's going on. And you may think it could be stubborn, stubborn to say, I don't want to fucking think about it or I'm not going to address the situation. It's not being stubborn when it's there to protect you. When you're protecting you, sometimes you have to make those hard decisions to just put it out of your mind and walk away from it. And it's going to continue to be the first thing on your mind for a while until one day when you wake up and it's the second thing. 
And then one day you wake up, it's the third thing. And then one day you wake up and you're not thinking about it at all. Eventually, you will get there. And eventually, you will find the right people to have in your life. Don't ever let somebody else talk you out of it once you've made the decision, because this is your life. Remember that. This is your life. This is your decision. So no matter how anybody else feels, because you're going to have those people who may be mutual friends of those persons and say, hey, you really should reach out to them. You should really talk to them. Why aren't you talking to them? Maybe they're in a really bad space. You should really go talk to them. Sometimes you don't need to listen to those people. Sometimes you don't. It's nice that they're offering you advice. It's nice that they're giving you an opinion, but you know what is best for you. And you know what is gonna work for you in your life. So stick to that, stick to who you are, stick to where you at, and enjoy it. Uh, so that's gonna be this week's episode, y'all. I don't really have much else to say. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please rate this podcast, comment, Share it with friends, family, neighbors, strangers, and you know what? Maybe share it on the expressway on the back of your car. Just put my emblem there. And hopefully it doesn't cause accidents when people see it, but hopefully it sparks conversation. <laughs> but if you enjoy the show, please make sure you do rate uh, the show and write a comment for me on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Feel free to follow me on all of the social medias at Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy. Or email the show at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. I'll be sure to read your emails, uh, answer questions. We have another mailbag episode coming up. And give you some advice if you're looking for advice as well. Aside from that, y'all, be safe out here. It is the last weekend of June this weekend. And then we're into July. I hope that you enjoy all of it. And I'm out. Bye.